0: I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hello, my fantastical people. This is Zane Calamander here, and welcome to My Potter Diary. This is an unofficial Harry Potter podcast where I break down from each chapter from each book. I will discuss favorite moments and quotes, point out important details, and random Harry Potter-related talks. This is a non-profit podcast, so I'm not making money off of this. I'm just doing this for fun. But before I get started, uh, I have another podcast called My Culture Mind, with Shawnee Boy. It's a podcast where I talk about anything in the world of modern culture for music, movies, TV, food, and all that stuff. If you are new to this podcast or to my other podcast, both of them are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. So without further ado, let's get started with Potter Tales. Potter Tales is where I share Harry Potter related stories that I just want to quickly share with y'all. But first, since my throat is already dry, (laughs) let me just drink some of a bit of my water. All right. So last week, I went to Universal Studios, again, shocker, (laughs) but um, this is how usually my day goes whenever I go to Universal. Sometimes I would drive, but since I am pretty conservative with my money and I really want to take care of how I spend it, I usually take the train. So in LA there is uh, the Gold Line, Gold Line Metro Rail, and then I will take the Union, take Union Station, and then the Red Line. So in, um, but usually when I go there, it's like seven dollars. It's usually seven dollars when when it's a one day pass for um, for those who are in the LA area. If you are. If you're in the LA area and you do not want to drive, I suggest taking the Metro. Uh, it's It's a good alternative and not eating up your gas as much and saving a lot of money. So yeah, and I would usually take the train all the way to Universal. The reason why I love this so much is because I... It just makes me feel like I'm in the Hogwarts Express going to, you know, going to the castle. And that's what I think about from time to time. Taking a train all the way to this specific location. And it's always fun. And, yeah. I know that um, when I got there to Universal, the it was pretty packed because it was on Veterans Day. So that means a lot not only a lot of people were there it's hard to go on single rider lines and single rider lines like if you are by yourself or you just decided you don't care about staying within your group then you could t- you have the option of taking single riders but we uh Every time I go, it's imp- almost impossible to go to single riders lines. They're already full because people do not want to wait in longer lines. So I try to go to Jurassic World, but the single rider lines was, was closed. Same thing with The Mummy, the only places, uh, the only rides that have been available for me was transformers and forbidden journey at uh, at the hogwarts castle i wasn't able to go on the hippogriff ride which is like i wasn't going to wait 20 something minutes for a 30 second ride that, that that's just my thinking even though it is like a small roller coaster um i tend not to but that's not really what the exciting thing was about the most exciting thing that i remember was the and I heard the announcement that the warm butter bear is available all year round, and I, I did talk about the warm butter bear before last week, but it is exactly what I imagined, or not what I ma- imagined. It's exactly what I remembered. The warmth, just it, it It's like a, it's like a spa treatment. <laughs> it just like it just, you know. Relieves all my worries and anxieties, and just having that sip that first sip of warm butter beer just it just relaxes me. And I love that's what I love about this drink. Um, but of course, there are other butter beer options as well. There is a different type of butter beer, it's not, it's not, uh, labeled as butter beer, it's more of like a butterscotch soda, but you can get it at City Walk at Universal. Uh, uh, yeah, it's in, like, an, it looks like a beer bottle, and they have, like, a cauldron in the printing, so you can get that for $3, and it's actually not that bad. The only thing is, I think it's very bubbly, Um uh, it's, it, uh, sodas are bubbly, but this one's very bubbly, It's to the point where I can only take, like, a few sips at a time, so, because it's that strong, but it's, again, it's non-alcoholic, for three for three or four dollars for that kind of bottle if you want a cheaper alternative to butterbeer i I, all i can say is you can have that and add a bit of whipped cream and then it could be like butterbeer from 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 the park you just have to augmentate like you know certain things you can also there are also other ways to make butterbeer at home getting cream soda mix it with a bit of um butterscotch syrup um what I would do is mix the butterscotch syrup with like whipped cream and then I would apply that on top of the cream soda um, actually the yeah cuz mixing the cream so uh, cream soda with uh, the syrup doesn't really do much but mixing with um, well actually here's another here's another way you can either mix with the butterscotch syrup with the whipped cream or because or if you want it more accurate uh, mix the I like you know, have some melted ice cream like vanilla ice cream and add And add some butterscotch syrup and then you like kind of whip it and then apply to it Slowly don't just dump it in but slowly to the top of your um, so you have the cream soda and the ice cream foam That you just made and it almost tastes ex- almost almost exactly like you have a- at the park uh, so if you want that kind of butterbeer experience, so yeah, I do realize I talk about Universal a lot, <laughs> um, but that's how it is. I, I just love uh, Harry Potter World that much, and I, going back every chance I get is like you know. Plus, I have a, I have an annual pass, so I just want to utilize it as much as I can. And what's also cool is when I go back home, I can at least stop by a, uh, at the Walk of Fame. And just you know, just chill in LA for a bit. Um, I think the I think the Walk of Fame is kind of like the Strip in Vegas, so like where everything's happening. So at least I can stop by for a bit and then go back to the train. It's like, it's kind of kind of like a relief or like you know after a long day at at the at a theme park. So yeah. All right, moving on to the daily profit. So the daily profit is a segment where I talk about Harry Potter-related news, and I just want—I find this really interesting. I saw this posted in on YouTube, but this is something uh, I wanted to share, and it's from the New York Post. Invisib so here's the headline: "Invisibility cloak, straight out of Harry Potter, is now a thing." So, I'm just going to read some excerpts. A Canadian company that manufactures camouflage uniforms has created a mind-blowing, blow, mind light-bending material that can make objects seemingly disappear. Hyper Stealth Biotechnology Corp has announced four patent applications for Quantum Stealth, its own version of Fantasy Cloak that could be used to make things appear to be invisible. It can hide a person a vehicle a chip Spacecraft and buildings the British Columbia based company said in a statement. There is no power source. It is paper thin and inexpensive So here my here my thoughts on this. I think this is pretty cool. I also think it could be misused inexpensive the words inexpensive and paper thin that's going to be a huge market for like you know, especially for when it comes to stealth. This can be misused very easily. It can also be fun. I could, I. It's the same thing when I saw like a lot of deep fakes on videos. Like you know, it seems pretty cool, but it can also be very dangerous uh, if it's been misused. A lot of things can be misused, but, but um, products like this. Products like this can be, is a little bit scary uh, to me. But part of me actually wants to <laughs> get it as well for stupid reasons. For example, I can just reenact <laughs> reenact the, uh, the scene where Ron says, Whoa, my body is gone. I know what that is. It's an invisibility cloak. Like, I, I want to do that. <laughs> but also do the meme. There's like a meme um, on Vine where, um, it's- it's that specific scene. And Ron says, Whoa! And then Harry just says, My dick fell off! Oh my god, it was so funny when I saw that. (laughs) Um, sorry for the language, but, uh, yeah, that's just what I found. But this is from the New York Post. There are also videos on YouTube where you can find invisible- invisible material or invisibility is real like you know you can search that up so yeah i i I do check it uh suggest check it out it actually is pretty insane um I'm, i'm still wondering how they did it so yeah all right moving on to spell of the day or actually i should just call it spell of the week so, the, uh, the spell that I'm going to share to you is the Animagus, uh, Animagus spell. So, for those who do not know what an Animagus is, um, an Animagus is where someone can turn themselves into an animal. So, for example, like, a Sirius Black, um, uh, is an Animagus, uh, again, it's hard to, s- uh, I can't say spoiler, because this, this franchise has been gone, <laughs> been out for a while, but Sirius Black is an Animagus, uh, instead of a werewolf, so, so here is the, um, the actual spell, Amato Animo, Animato Animagus, so you have to say that for, um, a few times so here's the description spell used as part of the process of becoming an animagus the incantation has to be recited at sunrise and sundown every day before the consumption of the animagus potion the incantation is also recited just prior to the consumption of the of the potion which has take has to take place just after a lightning storm starts the incantation the incantation is recited while placing the wand's tip over one's heart. So we did see the process of it or a glimpse of the process in uh, the third book, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, where Lupin and um, I think uh, where Lupin felt alone because he was a werewolf so the rest were like in the Shrinking Shack becoming animals so I just uh, that is just a, a little fun fact that I like uh, that, uh, that I found but I I also have another fun fact which uh, applies to the chapter I'm going to talk about so so yeah that is the animagus spell so it's uh, Amato animo Ana- animato <laughs> animagus it is uh, this alliteration is like you know so hard especially it's it's in fours but i guess i can get used to it i'm well then again i'm not planning to become an animal so yeah <laughs> all right now moving on to the fun fact of the day and the part here's the potter fact and it's all about dueling so here's the description of what um dueling is a wizard's duel is a formal practice in wizarding culture in which two or more wizards or witches engage in combat under the condition that only magical means can be used the combatants face each other and bow as a sign of respect before they place themselves in an accepted combative position and at the count of three attempt to disarm Stun, injure, defeat, or kill each other in order to uh, force submission. And thus, a winner is decided. Dueling also exists as a sport in the same way that fencing is a sport in the muggle world. Outside of actual combat, it can be turned into a friendly sporting competition. So, we did see this in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, where they just started to form the dueling club. And we see how that process goes. The movie doesn't do it justice, really. Um, there's a missing a few steps and whatnot. I mean, it's not so, I, I, maybe because the spells that they use were not so accurate um, because they were just saying stuff and they just shot beams of light, which didn't really make any sense. In the books, in, in the books it made more sense, but I probably will get to that when I start reading Harry Potter and, Uh, The Chamber of Secrets, so yeah. Alright, and speaking of duels, this is gonna be, that's the name of the chapters, and chapter 8 is called The Midnight Duel. Again, this is the scholastic version of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, so yeah. So here is a quick summary. This is where um, Harry um, uh, I would say it. Oh yeah, so, after dealing with, um, this is like after when Harry was supposed to be, um, going to be part of the Quidditch team, um, after making a fool out of him, well not really making a fool out of himself, I just, uh, I'm getting a little tongue-tied, um, so basically, Draco just challenged Harry to a duel, and and then the, it ha- has to be taken at midnight. However, and a uh, spoiler alert, uh, Malfoy doesn't show up, uh, and with Crab and Girl they did not show up. It just made the um, the students, uh, Harry, Ron, uh, Hermione, and Neville. To get out of class or at least I mean get out of bed or like after hours just to get them caught or get in trouble so that is like the basic gist of the chapter but the main meat of this episode was where I talk about books versus movies so here is one thing that I found out so they did this in the movies they did not describe each character's, like, you know, experiences with, uh, Quidditch and brooms, for example. Seamus and Ron, they talked about Quidditch, um, what their favorite teams are, what, like, um, they also mentioned Neville, that he wasn't allowed to use a broom, but this is also what I found out. This is where we found out that Dean Thomas was a muggle. We did not get the, um... We did not kn- we did not know that Dean Thomas was a muggle in the movies, or at least it wasn't addressed, which is kind of weird because Dean Thomas in the movies. Hey, look, Neville's got a all. I like how did you know that? Like, And then, of course, because like, he was still new. Um, Like he is a fan of soccer. I mean, or, or football uh, in England. And then Ron was like, oh, I don't get it. What's with the, what's with the sport that doesn't involve flying? So, so Dean Thomas is one of the characters that are, he is muggle-born, like Hermione. So, so yeah, that is one thing that I did find out. Um, we did get to see that, um, that Hermione was a bit, uh, nervous of flying, for example. And, uh... was it called yeah like you know Hermione was a bit scared of flying we didn't really see that in the movies she seemed pretty confident or at least well at least she was trying to learn so yeah also what I've noticed is that uh, Neville described in the books he only when, when his broom got out of control he only went like up up and up and then he fell in the movies, he went all around. He went all crazy like a like a fly. Like, he was so out of control. I think it's because, like, for the cinematic experience, they just wanted him to deal with all these, you know, mishaps. So, it was actually kind of... I, I think they really stretched upon that in the movies. And while the, the books, they kind of remained that scene a bit short. Also, what I've noticed is that when... Um, when Professor McGonagall ca- uh, caught Harry catching the Rememberall um, after when his beef with Malfoy, he took he took Harry towards Professor Flitwick's um, room instead of uh, what's it called. Uh, Professor Quirrell. In the movies, he was taken to Professor Quirrell's room. I think they wanted to add more screen time to Professor Quirrell, where he started teaching, where he had that lizard. But in the books, he was taken to Professor Flitwick, and that's where we get to see Oliver Wood. But this is where we see more of Oliver Wood in the books, where he was a little skeptical about Harry, of like, really? This young, like, you know, this young guy because usually first years cannot go to um to join quidditch teams however like since yeah however they made some exceptions and that's where we get to see more dialogue of wood and we see him as a captain and like they mentioned how harry is a bit small that means he's light and he can be fast especially they were discussing what kind of broom he would get like you know so yeah the, the the long they had the longer conversation with wood in the books and here is the biggest difference that I found in this chapter there was no not only there wasn't no duel this scene was never uh this scene never happened in the movies where Malfoy tricked Ron and Harry to challenge them to a duel this never happened in the movies you uh, in the in the movies, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were on their way back to probably back to the common room. However, the uh, the staircase uh, staircases changed to a different room, uh, to the floor, uh, third floor corridor. But this only tricked uh, in the books. They only tricked Harry and Ron to fight. At midnight so and that's where they caught Hermione and then Neville along which is another difference Neville was with Harry Ron and Hermione in the movies did not did did not show Neville at all with them Neville was treated like sort of like a side character more in the books he had more of a role he had more um, I guess quote-unquote screen time so yeah I think um, I think that's like one of the biggest things that I found, and also the last the last thing that I found uh, interesting was Peas was distracting Filch that the kids were actually in the third floor corridor, and I know they described the corridor as like you know longer where they saw like a like a where they saw Fluffy the three headed dog. <laughs> Um, But that's not really a a big difference for me. I think that the fact that there's a lot of peeves around... That's like the biggest difference of this, like, you know, of the Harry Potter movies and books is peeves. I think peeves just changed the tone of of this world, really. And it's a kind of... I understand why that they did not add peeves. I think it's kind of difficult to add some sort of character like that to... um, it would really change the tone of the film. Um, where in the books, in the books, anything could really happen. Really, like the tone can be funny, it can be scary, it could just be whimsical. There's a lot of directions that they, you can take from. So yeah, I will say I do have one quote, and this is also from the movies, but it's changed a little bit different. So here it is, and this is on page one sixty two uh and this is from hermione i hope you're pleased with yourselves we could all have been killed or worse or worse expelled now if you don't mind i'm going to bed i just i just love this quote so much because she is worried about her grades more than dying and that is a mentality where I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, of course, what I loved about this character is like her character changed over time. Where, it's where it's more than just academics. It's all about survival. So, her her character definitely changed uh, since like you know her first year. So what, that's what I love about it, which is one of the significance that I've seen. One that we did see uh, where her where Hermione set her priorities were, <laughs> but also what I've noticed of the significance of this chapter is, um, not only we got the intro- uh, introduction to what dueling is, we did see more, um, interactions with Neville, with the gang, with the, uh, with the, I call, with the Trinity, the main Trinity, I think, Neville got a better role in the books than the movies by far, especially in Order of the Phoenix, where Neville was involved, involving him with some sort of prophecy. But the thing is, is that Neville wasn't treated like that in the movies, where Harry is basically the savior and Neville's just like some comedic, uh, or like he's more of a comic relief character or side character. Um, but I understand that they they can't add so much characterization to movies. It's hard to do that. Where where fans com- complain about about how some characters did not receive justice, it's hard to do that. You can't just cram a lot of characterization into one movie. You have to develop that in multiple movies. So. I understand why that the the books are different from the movies, and I enjoy them both really. I really do. so I just see much of a significance to this character, so yeah um, and lastly, I think for me, the biggest takeaway of this chapter is um, I, I think it's just the adventure, I believe, you know, going down at midnight you know, trying not to get caught, not trying to get in trouble, the exhilaration. I remember doing some sort of those things where um, trying not to get caught or something like that, um, or not get in trouble, but it's still kind of exhilarating and fun. Um, Again, I love going on these sort of adventures. That's why I love taking the train, because it reminds me of going to Hogwarts Express, or like, you know, walking down like a city um just to get out of the house and just be on my own so just walking around exploring around i just love that so much all right that is it for today thank you so much for listening if you like this podcast click follow on whatever podcast services you are listening this to share this podcast to any potter heads out there and until next time farewell my fantastical people mischief managed